Hello and welcome to the Merse Waves podcast. I'm Ollie Cook from Liverpool Film Office and this episode we have a very special guest as I'm joined by Oscar-nominated writer Tom Bidwell, whose credits include Netflix's adaptation of Watership Down and My Mad Fat Diaries. Tom is the creator, writer and executive producer for the new Netflix original series The Irregulars, which was filmed in Liverpool. Set in Victorian London, the series follows a gang of troubled delinquent teens who are manipulated into solving crimes for the sinister Dr Watson and his mysterious business partner, Sherlock Holmes. But this is the world of Sherlock Holmes as you've never seen before. The Baker Street Irregulars were minor characters in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's original novels and have been expanded and reimagined with a dark and supernatural edge by Tom Bidwell and produces Drama Republic for Netflix in what may be the most original take on a world that has been adapted time and time again. Here's a clip from the trailer. John Watson, he knows much more than what he's telling us. Some strange things have been happening recently. 221B Baker Street, Sherlock Holmes. What do you think happened to him? Sherlock Holmes doesn't exist anymore. What the hell have you got us involved in? The Irregulars is now streaming on Netflix. I'm actually going to start off, um, kind of give you a big thanks from the city of Liverpool for, for bringing this production to the city. We're really excited um, from, the, from the initial meeting and then to actually see it through. And now, like nearly two years later to being on the screen, it's been a very exciting journey. But I actually also have a, a personal thank you from you. So um, I went to Runshaw College. You're an alumni of Runshaw College as well. But um, on my A-level award ceremony, you made a speech back in 2012. And it's just before My Mad Fat Diaries uh, released. And uh, you, you told us to learn, learn how to dream. And uh, that, that's actually always stuck with me since then. It was the first time I'd ever had, um, obviously being in the Northwest, it was the first, I'd never heard of anyone working in the film and TV industry. So I'd only ever known it to be uh, out in America and didn't realize it was, it was something that was, that was locally. And that was an, an Oscar nominated writer also from, uh, from the same region. <laughs> And then went to the same college as me uh, with me. So since then, it was yeah, it kind of set a light and made me realise that I could actually get into the uh, film and TV industry. So to be able to kind of support your project uh, since then as well, it's been a big, a big privilege for me. So I just want to say thank oh, you. Oh well, that's that's amazing. That's very kind of you to say. I'm so well. You never know when you do these speeches whether people are just going to be bored to tears or not. So it's nice, doubly nice to hear that you took something from it. No, no, and now I'm. You know, being in Liverpool, I live for, as you know, I live, I live in Leon, where I'm colleges, so I live 40, 45 minutes away. Imagine having a Netflix show that's been, you can drive to set from home and back. It's just been, it's been amazing. And this, I love Liverpool anyway. I love the city. I always have done. And getting to hang out there at Bold Street and, you know, go to the pubs after filming or, or after our meetings. And it's just got a great energy about it. And we've, you know, I speak for myself and the editorial team and the cast and crew. It's just been it's just been great filming there. It's been so much fun. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope locals looked after you nicely. Uh, so that's great to hear. Oh yeah, massively, massively. Um, but yeah, now the regulars. We'll get into that. They obviously the trailer came out a couple of weeks ago. Looks absolutely fantastic. We was, I was thrilled to see it when um when it dropped. I'd like to if if you can go kind of from your process and your journey of of the regulars. Kind of obviously you've had the. The idea for quite uh, quite a long time, I believe. I've heard you speak on it before. But if you could kind of talk us through the journey of for when you first had the idea to kind of your pitch to Netflix, then through to production in the city, 
and then <clears throat> then it's post production as well with uh, BFX as well. To now yeah. obviously on screen and yeah, it'd be good to kind of hear that journey if you could please. It's quite it's good that you asked actually because I do need to clarify this because one <laughs> there's an interview of the day with someone and they said he's been writing this for ten years <laughs> and now that sounds like I'm the slowest writer in the history of television. I had the idea as you said ten years ago. I was reading the Sherlock Holmes novels and um, there's a chapter on uh, the Beg Street Regulars, which is his street gang who he used to, you know, use to help him solve solve crime. Well, at least get clues and infiltrate spaces that he couldn't get into. And I remember thinking all those years ago, wow, wouldn't that be a great, a great series? And I didn't think much of, much of it because you know I was, I was starting out my career, and you know, not only was I not in a position to pitch shows like that, but I probably wasn't I wasn't good enough at writing to be able to pull off a show like that. So. As I went through and worked on my career progressed, worked in radio, worked in TV on soap operas and, and my mom Fat Diaries, as you mentioned, had that show on. This idea stuck with me. So when we finished Mom Fat Diary, the producer, my producer friend Jude said to me, Jude Witnitsky, have you got any other ideas? And I said, Yeah, I've got this Bake Street idea. And uh, we said, Oh, you know, so that's you know, that could be something. And as I was as I was doing that, I was reading the Sherlock Holmes and um, Arthur and Doyle. Supernatural stories, and he's a he's a really wonderful uh, writer of um, ghost stories and supernatural fiction. And he was really into phenomenology and um, spirits, and you know, spiritualism was massive when he was when he was around. And I and I started to think, why you know, imagine if this Irregulars idea was infused with something of Arthur Conan Doyle's life. And in a weird way, the life of Arthur Conan Doyle began to interest me even more than the world of Sherlock, which I, you know, I love the world of Sherlock, but, and, and, I, and that's how the, the idea started to progress. So we went, went over to LA and we, uh, we went into the Netflix offices and you know, we started talking to, to the guys over there. And there was, as soon as we started talking about it, it was, they were really, really excited, enthusiastic. And we were, you know, you just don't want to believe these things. You're just like, oh, well, you know, they liked it, but we'll see. And then, we came back to UK and we got the call off them and said, you know, we'd love to part with you guys on it. And, um, well, it's just a very exciting thing to hear. from Netflix. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we were just, you know, me and my wife opened a bottle of champagne and, uh, you know, just great. Just so exciting because I'm not, and it's only now really that, of course it's exciting to work with Netflix, but what that means someone is going to make this crazy monster, monster Sherlock show, it's going to be a real thing. And only now, really, in the, in the week of it going on service, has that kind of dawned on me that this really nuts thing that I've thought of over these years is finally in, in existence, you know. Yeah. Drop into like 150 million plus subscribers or something like that. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that's amazing. How was, the, um, how was the production process for yourself? Did you enjoy, um, obviously being the showrunner for the show, you're, you're involved in every, every facet of the, um, of the way. And obviously it, it's beneficial that you conceive the idea, to be honest, to be, to be involved with all those. But uh, how was the process? Did you, did you enjoy getting involved with each, each area from like costumes, locations, um, makeup, visual effects? Yes, it's brilliant. And, you know, I, there's working with a lot of talented people on the show and that's been, you know, part of the success of the series is, you know, well, a massive part of the success of it is our heads of departments are the best at what they do. And the production team has been unbelievable. And, you know, we've, if it weren't for those things, this, this wouldn't, it wouldn't just wouldn't be the series it is. And, um, you know, I'm very happy. Of, like you said, you have, to, you, you are across things because you have to keep, 
you have to make sure the tone's consistent. You have to make sure the looks what you're going for. And with this show, it is it is quite a specific tone. Um, but also, if there's things that I'm not going to make decisions about costume that you know, got Edward Gibbon is is like he's just amazing. Lucy Civic and makeup. I'm not going to all of those guys. You know, Victor, our head of uh, our head of design. I'm those are those are guys are the experts. So they, I will always always defer to those guys uh, unless I really feel like something's something's not right, which is, which is really rare in terms of the, you know, so we started filming, but while, while we're filming, I'm also still writing the show. Yeah. Um, so we end up in a point where I'm writing, um, editing. Um, so we're in different, and we're also shooting some episodes as well. That, that, when it gets to that point, it, it, you get very, very busy and very, it can be quite stressful because you do, I think, I can't remember who said it, but someone said like making film is, it's 10,000 decisions. And if you get too wrong, then it's all over, you know? Yeah. And you're just desperate to make those decisions right for those departments and for those people who are working on those sections of the scenes. Cause you know, you, 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 it's a team, it's a team effort. So you do feel the pressure of that, um, at certain stages, but, um, it is fun, boy. It's, it, you know, every day is a different challenge and a different thing to deal with. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. Great. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But now it's now it's coming out. Um, yeah. It's obviously you've had this idea for for a number of years. Um, creating a, a look for a new for, of a new world. That's obviously the Sherlock Holmes stories have been adapted uh, in various iterations. Actually, been quite a few uh, iterations in Liverpool. In fact, the very first bit of, of trivia for you actually. So the very first um, Sherlock Holmes film. In existence, a study in Scarlet back in 1914. Uh, they filmed scenes in Liverpool. Um, oh wow! Just down the line, actually, the uh, I think it was I think it was in Southport on Southport Beach, and they actually the the regulars filmed on Formby Beach. So just just down the road. Um, That's and, incredible, isn't it? it? Must be the Georgian architecture, and you know, just those streets they do. They're so reminiscent of uh, obviously London at the time as well. So absolutely. it's got the look. Absolutely, because it's gone through to, um, there was the first one, there was the ITV Granada series back in the 80s, I think. Um, I remember that. It was Guy Ritchie's um, Sherlock Holmes film with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And it's actually, it's interesting that you brought up uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, obviously, but um, there was the ITV series, Houdini and Doyle as well. And uh, so they filmed they filmed that in, in Liverpool as well. Oh, right, major. Yeah, so there's there's been a, a long long relationship with the world of Sherlock Holmes, but obviously you've brought a new, new fresh take to um, to an uh, like new fresh adaptation to it. Um, how do you think it compares to obviously from the idea from how does it compare to what you had in mind in the first place to what you see on screen now? I think it's pretty close in a weird way, and I you know we we also were figuring out a little bit of it as we went along in terms of what's going to work and what's not because it's it, the, the show's a lot of things it's horror it's crime it's romance it's uh there's a young adult element to it and um, it's mystery so you, you kind of I, I think it would be impossible to sit and just imagine that series exactly totally right so there's a there's a little bit of finessing as we went into the show how grounded it was going to be you know you know conversations with costume and uh, and the directors of cinematography what um what it's going to look like but I would say, you know, the feeling of it, because you do have, a, you know, if you have anything I think is right, you have a feeling of a sense of what the show's going to feel like. I do think it's so, it's really, really close. And I just wanted it to be 
really on on the basic level, I just wanted to be exciting. I just wanted to make a TV show that you sit down and go, ah, oh, man, that was exciting. You know, that's it. That's, you know, but that's, it's hard to do, but it's, it's that's simply, that was the brief to make something that people just went, ah, oh, God, that was, a, that was a blast, you know? Um, and I, I feel like the tone, the, 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 the young actors in it just got that kind of irreverence and I don't know, they're just so talented. And I, you know, you can see the watching them on screen, they're going to go on to be massive, massive. Uh, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, there's there's some great talents in it. I'll actually go on the um, onto the talents. The um, so one obviously the, the well, firstly actually it'd be good to go into the characters. That obviously the the Baker Street. I don't know in, in detail how how much they went into in the original books of the Baker Street regulars. But how did you go about creating each character and like what kind of what influenced you to to creating each each of the main characters? So we we didn't really we didn't really um, use the. Uh, the irregulars, the irregulars in the books are kind of street urchins, and it, they always made me think of kind of those Dickens, you know, Oliver Twist type guys. And we really wanted to stay away from that, um, that kind of not I don't, fusty is the wrong word because some of the adaptations aren't fusty, but you can fall into a bit of a Dickens hole. And we didn't want to go, we didn't want to go near that because we wanted it to feel modern, we wanted it to feel fresh. So we, we decided we were going to take a take a kind of you know a fresh run at building the irregulars as a gang. I always wanted it to be two sisters in the lead roles. Um, I'm not I'm not really sure why. I, I just it's just that how it always was in my head, I suppose. I guess because a lot of the story centers around their relationship and family dynamic. So naturally I wanted to lead with those two. And uh, the other guys, I, I think you build you know you sometimes you can start with archetypes of characters and just as a starting point and they then they suddenly become fleshed out and they become something that you, almost sometimes we didn't really start with but i think we talked about having someone who was more physical someone who was you know was, was a mouthpiece and and you start with that and then you build off that kind of from an archetypal basis into something a bit a bit more uh, fleshed out so yeah we we, t- we took a long time doing that and with watson and sherlock as well obviously because we're not you know these aren't sherlock and watson from the from the books that we take pieces of that for sure and we take the we take the bits that we feel are additive to our world, but we wanted a Watson who was dark and who was who had this edge to him that you didn't trust him and you know he, he felt dangerous and we wanted the Sherlock who was almost the Sherlock you expect, but then something happened and it destroyed him and he became someone completely different. So um, again, we're, we're trying to just simply from a basis of making those characters engaging and making you want to go on this big journey with them. That that was really the, the brief starting out. No, it's exciting. The uh, yeah, you've you've obviously got some some great talent to um, to bring those characters to life. Uh, I know, obviously, you're very proud of My Mad Fat Diaries, and as uh, as you should be. You actually gave an early credit to famous scouser Jodie Comer in there, and uh, and now Darcy Shaw, of course, uh, now bringing um, now coming to that. How did you? How how was the casting process? For for Rex, um, yeah, it was. Again, it's not something that I feel, <clears throat> I really feel like the casting directors have that, they're, they're just so knowledgeable and that I don't, I always feel very nervous getting them because obviously it's always going to come across my desk. Do you think this person looks like um, B or, or Jesse or whoever? Yeah. But I always feel like, look, you're a casting director and you know, you, you, you know, you know, all the actors out there. Um, so we'll always have a long conversation about it. Um there's a few we'll talk about for a bit longer, but I, I usually trust um, 
my fellow execs and the casting directors instincts on it but do you know what we we it wasn't too hard on this we found the guys we ended up with are so incredible um and just blend together so well and they're just as well as that they're very nice people and i know people say that a lot but especially with the covid happening the delay and like this protractedness of our show thank goodness they are nice people because they've just been an absolute joy at every step of the way and it's always nice when people are both talented and lovely that's it <laughs> so it does it, it goes a long way obviously it started production back in like september 2019 that obviously unfortunately the um does the pause from from march but then yeah. netflix was one of the first um to get back up in august uh, back in the fall and, and obviously now it's coming out on our screens yeah, the Netflix have been absolutely incredible in support because obviously it was completely unprecedented. Yeah. And we, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen at the time because nobody knew, well, nobody knew what was going on, even medically with, with the, the nature of the pandemic. And they, you know, they, they just did absolutely everything they could to protect the show and get it back up and running. So massive, massive, uh, you know, thank you and appreciation to, to those guys. Say so coming from a Liverpool locations background, love to, love to talk about some of the Liverpool locations. That's all right. You're back here in, in uh, 2019, uh, kind of looking around. Uh, when a production's coming around, you can kind of do um, a scout across the country, uh, usually for different productions. How was, how was that for yourself? Like, and at what point did you know Liverpool would be the main location for it? Obviously, kind of main location of Liverpool is like St. George's Hall, where I actually am there today. Um, Coxet Hall, Sefton Park, uh, the Georgian yeah. Quarter for, um, for Bacon Street, obviously, uh, Birkenhead Park in the Wirral, and then obviously had the... Um, your sets in um, in the studio in in the city as well. At what point did you know Liverpool was the was the place to go? We talked about it for a while. Obviously, London was an option. Obviously, Eastern Europe was floated at some point, uh, and then Edinburgh's got some nice Victorian uh, streets. In the end, Liverpool. I, I, I'm well. I'll I tell you, I was so. I mean, I almost opened another bottle of champagne when I found out it was Liverpool. I've got a one-year-old son, and he was like, you know. To had to be able to come back and you know help out at home and then go on to set and then drive back on a Netflix show. Like I said, it was just an absolute dream. Um, the locations in Liverpool were just so just really interesting and different, and we felt like they'd not been a lot of the other cities have been used a lot on Victorian shows, and we wanted something that just had a little bit of a different feel to it. And Andrew, uh, location scout, just came up with like like you, like you just mentioned some of some of the locations were just like that is it those are amazing and, and they look very unique yeah. uh, and it's, it's got it's got way more of that look than I thought it had even when we, we chose to go there like every time they, they come up with numerous options for the big set piece locations we always feel like we've got a, an embarrassment of riches to be honest um, so yeah it's, it's, it, it worked out so so well yeah, uh, Andrew's great. We work with Andrew Bainbridge quite um quite a bit. So uh, it was we obviously yeah. when we first talked about this production, it was like, okay, this one's <laughs> this one sounds like an interesting one. So um, he, yeah. Andrew's great, and you know, it's super. I think that's the thing as well. Like uh, jobs you don't think about when you watch TV, location scout. You know, uh, it's just so so important. You know, and he's yeah, and, and Andrew's Andrew like is, is so good at it. He's just got a real eye and a real knowledge about places. Absolutely. On the on this production, we actually partnered with um with uh, John Public Netflix and uh, a local a local uh, media college uh, LMA 
to get some uh, there was five trainees I believe that worked on worked on the production they were kind of worked in different areas from like camera locations uh, props uh, they've gone on now jobs on on all the various productions that have that have been on the, in the uh, in the region so it's been that was a vital experience for them if you could kind of give any advice to obviously kind of drawing on your own field most of it kind of like in, uh, in script writing what kind of advice would you give to any any aspiring showrunners or aspiring writers um it's tough really i think everyone's everyone everyone forges their own their own route and, I, and I've, I've been to lectures where people have said oh you should definitely do this and like I don't think it's a one shoe fits all route for anyone into any area of, of the TV or film industry. I do think it's worthwhile not when you first begin, not feeling like you should already be there and not feeling like, oh my, you know, I should already be running shows. I should already be doing this. You know, what, what's happening is when you're, you're, you're gaining experience and that experience at the time, although it might be frustrating, you do really need that to build up your knowledge of the craft. And, um, it takes time. And I think people get frustrated with that. And I, I certainly got frustrated with that and felt like, oh, you know, it's never gonna happen for me or, um, you know, so many scripts rejected, but you know, that, that script rejection, that script you wrote, you learn, you learn something from it. And ultimately that what you're trying to do is your journey, your journey developing as a, as an artist or a writer, or, you know, as, in any area of production, it never ends. You should always, always be developing and learning more and, and being eager to learn more off your, off your colleagues and off your peers. That's my advice really is just keep, don't rush it and to just be curious and, and keep learning as you go along. Um, and really, as Jim McGovern once said, you have to be the hardest working person in the room. You just have to be at all times because there's a lot of talented people out there. Um, and you know, another Liverpool guy, I, I met at the Writers Academy and just one of my heroes and just um, thought, that you know that you saying listening to the lectures he gave a lecture i remember, always remember that saying you have to be the hardest working person in the room and um that's that stayed with me and um, it's uh, true you know i know i made up you quote jimmy mcgovern um obviously he's, he's he's got a new um show coming out soon called time uh which he filmed which they filmed in liverpool as well which with um sean bean and stephen graham so that's that's another exciting um, we can't wait for him to, for that to come out it's a long spanning process would you be able to Go for a, like a highlight from your production since since getting the green light. Obviously, what, how many how many bottles of champagne was the split? What my highlights of the of the whole process? Um, oh God, I think seeing the cast, seeing those first shots of the of the of the of the guys doing their thing and acting, and just just realizing in those moments that you've got something really special because you've got the. It's all you never know. You just never, never, ever know. And then all of a sudden, you see these, you see these really talented people performing, and you see the talented people directing, and all, all, all the people that support it. And it comes together, and you go, "Oh man, you know what? This might actually work." Uh, and those moments when you first start to see the rushes come in, you know, in the first week of filming, and you start, in, it, it's just, it's just an absolute thrill. And it's surreal, like seeing the, seeing the mural behind you. It's surreal, but it's just the is what it's just a privilege and it's fun you know and i feel very lucky because it's been a long year for everyone and you got to hang on to those those good moments you know and, and at the moment this is a good moment so we're kind of me me and my family my friends you know we're embracing it we're milking it for every, every drop of joy <laughs> no you absolutely should i uh, i was there on the first uh, on the first day shooting it was actually a, a 
uh, outside of St. George's Hall as well. And it was just the scale of like the carriages. Yeah. And then it was, I think it was the Hippodrome location, I think. And it was like, okay. like yeah, fire. Right. Yeah, that was mind blowing. Um, yeah. But really, it's, it's, a, it's that type of show where there's, you know, there's so many big moments in it. Like every, the episode's kind of built around those kind of set pieces and stuff. So there's so much in there where you go, oh, the, the bit where, you know, storm above the tower, like you said, at the hippodrome, the assassination stuff, you know, there's loads and loads of stuff. And that's what's great about the show is that it's just kind of, it's packed with them, um, with big moments. Um, so it's hard to pick your favourite from that, you know, I think. Uh, that's, I mean, that's totally fair. Have you got um, a certain best day on set, a certain like favourite, like what one day looking at, I don't know, any, any particular location, like, like maybe seeing like your own version of 221B Baker Street. That's a pretty iconic beat. That was very cool, yeah. It's very cool, but also what like the inside doesn't match. The out, it's one of those where the floor plan of how they film it is different to the floor plan of how it is. Yeah. So I got very confused when I got there, and I was like, <laughs> "Wait." <laughs> but no, that was that was being inside two two one B and uh, kind of sitting at the desk there that Watson sits at when he's got his his big scene with B uh, in the, in the kind of final moments of the series is just. Yeah, you feel, I don't know, you feel in touch with, I feel. I felt like I was, sometimes you feel like a real connection to the person you're like at Arthur Conan Doyle and I felt like, you know, in those moments I think like, I really hope you would like this if you saw it, you know, I really hope you would go, ah, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was a wild ride. Cool. Um, I should think so, no, that's it, that's it, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a feat, so you should, should, uh, should be really proud of that. And then looking on the other side of uh, highlights, obviously making a, a, a production of this scale does have its challenges, of course. What is your biggest challenges in terms of um, in terms of production? Like what what was keeping you up at night? That's tough. Um, just get you know, just getting. Obviously, being on budget, you know, is always a big thing. I mean, it sounds sounds obvious, but you 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 got to deliver a show that you have the money for. Um, that that's obviously because so, it affects the scripts as well, and you you know, you got to change the scripts so that, so they can be shot, so that you know they can actually be done by these people who are standing there in Liverpool or wherever they are, going, okay, where are these scripts that we can actually do? So the pressure of that because you, I don't know. And because you, you want to keep the script of a certain quality as well while you do that. And you always can, but you just need, sometimes you need those ideas and you need them pretty quick. And I feel like that's when you, you just have a little bit of sleepless nights <laughs> is when you're like, Oh, how am I going to fix this? Um, I feel like a lot of the action was tricky sometimes as well. You know, the stunts and set pieces. I don't realize how technical those aspects of production can be in terms of things I've learned when I was filming. You know, that is something that really requires a lot of precision and, um, and detail. And, and, they, and they, they did fantastically well with it on, on production, but I, it's changed how I've thought about how I'm going to write that in the future in terms of being quite specific about what I want and making sure, again, it's practical because sometimes you write something that's going to, you might not, it might just be something you wrote because it sounds cool, but it might cost half <laughs> a million pounds. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've learned a lot about action and uh, fighting and you know explosions and burying people alive. Uh, the practicalities of burying children. On set. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I hope that was purely story related. 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, that was that was part of the. I promise. <laughs> Keeping with the with the Liverpool theme, but London is obviously Sherlock's home. But they do actually visit Liverpool in um, in some of the original books. I think it's Adventure of the Cardboard Box. Don't actually know how much it features. Um, yeah, Liverpool's as as you mentioned, Jim McGovern earlier. It's a it's a city with some renowned, uh, incredible writers. Is there in any potential future iterations of the um, of the regulars? Do you think we could ever see the um, the regulars visit Liverpool for for Liverpool? That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a neat idea. Yeah, I'd like that. I've not. I, I can't remember the cardboard box. Uh, Mission the cardboard box. So I'll have to go back and check it out because that might be a good way in. You know. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I'm, I am. Um, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that yeah. I I thought it would be quite uh, quite exciting, but obviously Liverpool looks so good uh, as per London, so. Well, we'd have to use London as Liverpool, you see. That's the problem. <laughs> that was hurt. That was hurt. <laughs> and um, I'll leave you with one final question. Obviously, you mentioned earlier you enjoyed your time being in Liverpool. Were you able to yeah, have much time to enjoy the city, to get to go enjoy kind of like bars, restaurants, art galleries, museums? Yeah, massively. Yeah, we really did. Went down Bold Street quite a lot. And, um, you know, being from a small, small town in the northwest, uh, Liverpool was, uh, you know, the, the amount of restaurants and cafes there was absolutely delightful. And uh, up on, we stayed a lot on, what's the street called with the um, Opera House on it? Yeah, yeah, and the pub there with the tiles. Yeah, the Philharmonic. The best pub, the Philharmonic, and the pub with the best toilets in the world. I mean, yeah. they're absolutely extraordinary. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we had a we nose around the city uh, quite a lot, really, and you know, drank a lot of Guinness and it was, it was funny. Yeah. Very welcoming and got chatting to everyone. But yeah, I love, I, I love the city anyway. And we, we, we go across there to museums quite a lot uh, on the docks and, and take the kid there cause there's tons and tons to do. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was being home really in a weird way. Okay. Uh, now you just have to take it to 221 B Baker street. Unless you already did. <laughs> Let's just take him into town now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's that's everything for me, Tom. Um, thanks so much for your time. Really enjoyed uh, chatting to you, and I really can't wait to watch the show. I believe I've got a premiere. I've got a we've got a virtual premiere in Liverpool on, um, on Wednesday to enjoy the first two episodes and a Q and A with the uh, the cast. So yeah, really looking amazing. forward to it. And uh, congratulations on on this show. Obviously. I don't think enough people know kind of how much it takes to put uh, a show together full stop, but never mind a show of this scale. So uh, congratulations for everything, and I hope to welcome you back to the city again soon. Absolutely. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it.